0: Hey, what's up podcast? So in this episode, we sit down with Justin Rissmiller, who's a first year medical student at the Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. And uh, we talk a lot about mindset as well as confidence. And Justin is also a member of the health profession scholarship program through the U.S. military, and he has a really awesome story. So I think it's going to bring you guys a lot of value and I hope you enjoy. All right, everyone. So with us, we have today, Justin Rissmiller. Justin, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself?
1: Hi everyone, uh, my name is Justin, I'm a first-year medical student at PCOM in Philadelphia. Uh, that's Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. And we do trimesters, so I'm one term down and I'm in the middle of the second term. And big thanks to Dylan for having me on.
0: Oh, of course, man. As I said earlier, like you're one of the first people that I thought of. Um, do you want to kind of give us, like, basically your, your general backstory, like your life through through uh, college and how you decided to go to medical school?
1: Sure, definitely. Um, so back in high school, before I went to college, I knew I wanted to do something healthcare-related. Uh, I wasn't quite sure what yet. Um, I still remember a conversation I had with a close friend who – is in medical school right now and in high school he told me he was pursuing medicine and I said oh yeah that would be cool but I don't think I could ever go to school for that long Um, and so when I got to college I decided to pursue physical therapy after being in physical therapy for many years uh, throughout my life from different sports injuries Um, and I was pre-PT at James Madison University until the end of my junior year when I finally switched to pre-med. Um, so, that, yeah, a lot happened to, to make that switch. Um, I went through a lot of different shadowing experiences. I shadowed a lot of PTs, um, and something was just missing the whole time. Uh, I wasn't overly passionate about it. I still I still enjoy physical therapy, but it I just could just tell that there was something missing um and I've realized eventually that it was the a big science component that was missing from physical therapy which eventually led me to medicine after some other experiences.
0: Okay, I see. Uh you know, it's so interesting that you have this story about how you were initially interested in PT. I had um, a student messaged me uh, just yesterday, actually, who was telling me a similar story about how they were initially interested in PT, but they kind of felt like, as you mentioned, that there's like something lacking there. And you mentioned that it was like a sort of science component. How did you kind of recognize that that's what was lacking?
1: So I, th- I think after uh, talking with different uh, physical therapists and then talking with some uh, doctors and nurse practitioners. From I, uh, I shadowed at a uh, primary care physician's office and really saw that I wanted to heal in a different way than physical therapy, so do something more than musculoskeletal, um, and really kind of put pharmacology into place and uh, have more of the harder sciences and Really put pieces together, uh, I think, is really what drove me towards medicine.
0: Uh, Okay, awesome, for sure. Um, And you mentioned that you kind of arrived at this decision, I think, in your junior year. Is that what you said?
1: So, yeah, at the end of my junior year, I finished. I was still pre-PT, and before going into my senior year, I switched into the pre-med program.
0: I see. So, at your school, it sounds like, were there, like, distinct programs or tracks that they had students go through if they're interested in like pt versus medical
1: yeah so at james madison uh, you have your major uh, and mine was health science and then you could also be in these pre-professional programs whether it be uh, pre-med pre-pt pre-ot pre-nursing and basically those just uh, gave you an outline of the classes to take or the classes that were recommended in order to apply to those graduate programs.
0: Okay, and was it challenging for you to kind of switch in your senior year?
1: It was uh, incredibly challenging to say the least. Um, so during my senior year, my first semester I took organic chemistry one along with physics one and cellular and molecular biology um, all in one term, and then the following term I took the second of those courses.
0: ICC you kind of had to just cram a bunch of classes in last second right before you graduated
1: yeah yeah Um, and none of the advisors were too excited about me doing that to say the least but um, we did it and um, I think what I really found at the end of my junior year is finally that passion and something that I was working towards that I realized was the right thing and so that really uh, set me up well for my senior year
0: yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I think it takes a lot of courage and it's definitely the right thing to uh, to do if you get the sense that like this doesn't feel right and I need to figure out a solution because I'm not happy with where I'm headed right now. And I think that's awesome that like even like near the end of your college years, you were able to make that switch. And like, what was that like for you? Like in your head, like were, were you kind of like, oh my gosh, it's so late. Like, am I doing this right? Or like, I don't know, like, what was uh, going on through your head while all this was happening in your junior and senior year? I'm really curious.
1: Yeah, so I went through a big mindset change uh, after my sophomore year. It had been two years in a row at James Madison uh, with some mediocre grades, to say the least. Um, And before I even decided to fully go towards medicine, I was looking at my transcript and i made the decision, something needs to change here or else I'm not going to get into any grad programs at all, pretty much. And so that summer before my junior year, I really, uh, I dug into some self-help books. Uh, I surrounded myself with uh, a lot of positive thinking people and really found the confidence. And I, I think finding that confidence is something that really propelled me my last two years at JMU and allowed me to do a lot better. Uh, before then I wasn't confident in myself especially in high school when I said that I could never see myself going to school for that long Um, I think that was a confidence issue Um, and once I found that I was able to do well in school uh, much much better than I ever thought I would be able to.
0: Dude that's so awesome man so like you're like any sophomore year and you're looking back and you're like, okay, like I'm not super stoked on like what's been happening so far. And, um, were you like intentionally trying to undergo kind of like that mindset change? Like, did you know in your head, like, okay, like something in my head has to change or my way of thinking has to change? Or like, are you kind of like looking back and now you realize that all these things happened and that led you to have that mindset change? Like, was it intentional on your part?
1: So I don't think it was fully intentional. Um, of course, part of me looked back and saw I, I had uh, four C's on my transcript and a whole lot of B's, um, and I think I was really starting to mature more and really saw that if I wanted to be successful and go on to graduate school, something was going to have to change. My study habits, my mindset uh, was going to have to take a complete 180 Um And knowing that, I think I just worked as hard as I possibly could. And through that process of me working hard is really when more of the mindset change uh, continued to progress.
0: I see. So, um, you know, I agree with everything you're saying. I mean, like, the way that I like to kind of phrase it is, like, you get these, like, few, like, small wins in the beginning. And then you're like... Oh wow. Okay, so like you're slowly starting to to almost prove to yourself that you're capable of doing the things that you're setting yourself out to do. Like whether it's, you know, getting an A in a class or doing well in a leadership position or something like that. Um were there like any sort of small wins like that that you had like initially early on that kind of helped you pivot towards the right direction?
1: Definitely. Uh so The fall semester of my junior year, I took anatomy. And so going into anatomy, everyone talked about how difficult of a a course it is. And uh, I just heard a lot of stories of people retaking it and um, all of the rumors that float around an undergraduate science campus. Um, And I went into it with an open mind and really found a course that I felt very comfortable in. Um, and I did very, very well. And I think doing well in that course really showed me what I was, uh, my potential was, and what I could actually do. Um, it's probably one of the, that's definitely the first course in my undergraduate career that was difficult and that I actually um, did very well in it. Uh, I went on to TA anatomy after that point. Um, and, and I think the course itself is really something that propelled me.
0: Dude, that's awesome. I mean, I, I didn't take anatomy as an undergrad, but I, I mean, in med school, obviously, like we learn anatomy. And I can't even imagine having to learn that as an undergrad. I mean, I think that's super impressive. Um, and do you, I guess what I want to know is like, in the moment, did you really feel like, like, were you intentionally trying to, like, was that the first time, like, where you felt like you actually tried super hard and you saw, like, the the benefits of your effort?
1: Definitely, yeah. Uh, that semester in not just that course, but the other courses I took that semester, I saw myself uh, put forth a lot of effort that I hadn't in the past and really saw what those efforts uh, could basically lead towards. Um and I think that eye-opening experience and um, seeing the best semester that I ever had as a college student uh, really picked up my confidence and really pushed me forward.
0: Dude, that's so awesome. I mean, man, you're so right Like when you say that it's a confidence game. Because if you go in with the mindset like, all right, I'm going to try my best, and I know that if I try my best – that somehow something good is going to happen. If you have like sort of like that confidence in yourself and that faith, that helps like so much. And I'm so glad that you shared that. And I think a lot of people are going to benefit from hearing about that. You also mentioned um, a few minutes ago that you tried to surround yourself with more positive people as well. Like, what did you mean by that? Like, did you feel as though you had a lot of negativity in your life at the time?
1: So I, I don't think I had per se a lot of negativity but i don't think i had a lot of positivity either um and so i think i uh i pushed myself away a little bit from people that didn't want to necessarily do that that well in school um and that mindset that uh, i don't really care um and things like that and i've found a niche with some, some other classmates and some really close friends of mine um, that were all motivated to do well and all saw where they were going in the future and I think studying with those people helped me a lot.
0: That's awesome man. I mean like it's one thing to try really hard in school but the fact that you were kind of able to also take care of like the stuff that happens outside of school like who you spent time with or the sorts of things that you talk about with your friends um, I'm sure that that also played a huge role in kind of like you getting on the right track. And it sounds like you got on the right track, like spectacularly because you're in med school now.
1: <laughs> yeah, things things worked out really well. Um, and going back to the confidence thing, I think that that helps me right now being in medical school. Um, you know, it helps me maintain a positive outlook on uh, classes in medical school, knowing that, uh you know we're all we're all gonna get through it we're all gonna work really hard and we're gonna see the dividends from it so
0: yeah so you know i don't mean to like beat a dead horse with this conversation about confidence but um like if like you did you know in the moment that that's kind of what your issue was or are are you kind of like looking back you're like okay that's why things weren't working out as much as I liked because I was lacking that confidence. Because I think a lot of people, um, myself included, you know, like uh, earlier on in my life, like I felt like um, I didn't really know that the confidence thing was the issue for me. You know what I mean? So I I guess what I'm asking you is like, um, how are people supposed, like how can people tell if that's what's holding them back?
1: I think that's incredibly difficult to pinpoint in the moment. I didn't know 100% that that was the issue. Um, Looking back, I can definitely see that. I also think, uh, I mean, as simple as it sounds, effort, um, just flat-out effort was an issue for me. And that's what I knew in that moment um, was that I needed to put forth more effort to be successful. And then realizing how my confidence built was something that I saw kind of hindsight
0: I see. So, um you kind of knew that you had to put in more effort, it sounds like. And then as a result of you trying to put in that effort, seeing the, the reward, then you get that boost of confidence. You're like, "Okay, so this is what it feels like, you know, like being confident in your abilities and having like the faith in yourself to perform well."
1: Absolutely. And you start taking those difficult undergraduate courses and you rattle off a couple good grades and then you start kind of opening your eyes like, okay, yeah, I can do this. This is, this is what I'm supposed to do. I can do this. And I think it just goes a long way seeing uh, your efforts pay off.
0: Awesome, man. So you're in your senior year. You take this crazy year of like all these hardcore classes in your last year of college. Um, and what was your plan then at that point?
1: Uh, so, before I started my senior year, the plan was to do a post-bac program. Um, so, I needed to take uh, a biochemistry course along with a psych course uh, to get those other pre-med requisites in. And so, I ended up taking those courses at my post program in Syracuse. Um, but yeah, I sat down and sort of laid out the groundwork after I switched into pre-med. Uh, saw what classes I needed to take at JMU to finish up my senior year, and then applied to post-bac programs uh, in January of uh, the end of my senior year.
0: I see. So the post-bac for you was kind of like a way for you to satisfy those additional requirements that you couldn't do at JMU?
1: Yeah, that and uh, looking at my transcript, my freshman and sophomore years at JMU, uh, did not, <laughs> it didn't look too, too great. And then my junior and senior years were, were very good. So I, I got this grade trend that looked great and everything, but I only had two years of uh, good grades under my belt. So having another two years in my post back program really gave admissions committees that four year look of, uh, doing well in school and, uh, being committed to medicine.
0: Yeah. Okay. I get that. Um, and what else were you up to in these, in these gap years? So it sounds like you took two gap years.
1: Yeah, I took two years. Okay.
0: And you're doing the post at that time. Like, were you up to other things as well?
1: Yeah. So I worked full time as a substance use counselor while, uh, in my post program. I also volunteered at a, at the local hospital on the cardiac floor, uh, just as a patient care aid. so I walked around, spoke with patients, and made sure that everything was going well, uh, refilled multiple things on the floor. Uh, it was just an extra set of hands, really, um, but that experience went a long way as well.
0: So, I've never actually heard much about a substance use counselor. Can you give the listeners like a, a general overview of like what that's like and what the process of uh, becoming one is?
1: Absolutely. So I worked in a supportive living program in Syracuse, New York um, for Helio Health, which is a fantastic agency um, committed to behavioral health. And so in our program, we had apartments uh, that people could live in after leaving from a, an inpatient uh, program. They could come and uh, live in an apartment and they would come in weekly to receive uh, counseling sessions along uh, with different sort of case management things that we would help them out with to get them back onto their feet. And then after six to nine months, they could move out into their own place after having more uh, sober time, sober living, and uh, really kind of helping them to, like I said, get back onto their feet and get moving. Um, And so I was a counselor and case manager in the program. And I met with patients uh, on a weekly to a couple days a week basis uh, to check in with them, see how they're doing. Uh, We also went outside of the office. So we would go and have sessions at the patient's apartments as well. And um, so I think that experience... Was super important for me. I learned a lot about teamwork. I learned a lot about counseling as well, which is going to help me in the future as a, a provider as well. Being able to talk to patients and also if I end up going into psychiatry, kind of fine tuning my uh, people skills as well. Um, so yeah, that experience was incredible.
0: Dude, that's so cool. I mean, I haven't heard of anyone doing something like that. You know, prior. To medical school so is this a sort of job where you sort of just apply and they train you or do you undergo like some sort of training first and then you apply to like multiple jobs and see what happens
1: so when I applied I wasn't overly qualified for the position Um, as I had my bachelor's degree in health science but it wasn't in any sort of counseling or psychology Um, Luckily, I was able to uh, have the opportunity to ha- get the position, and then I went through some training with them, and um, they showed me the ropes, basically, and got me into the field. Um, a lot of people in the field are certified counselors, or um, they have a social work degree or a psychology degree of some sort, uh, so I was given the opportunity basically after applying and getting an interview and kind of explaining to them what I wanted to achieve from this experience. And so luckily I was given that chance.
0: Dude, that's awesome. I mean, I haven't heard of anyone doing something like that. And it sounds like such an amazing opportunity. Like, I mean, especially like going into medicine, I think as a pre-med, I didn't really understand how much of, I guess a counseling component there is to just like a patient interview and um, making like treatment recommendations to patients and stuff like that. Um, do, do you think that your, your experiences as a counselor are helping you in medical school thus far?
1: Absolutely. Um, so I went into it super interested in addiction medicine and wanting to get into the field um, due to my interest in that and also uh, something personal that happened in my own life as well, which geared me towards the field. And on week two or three of medical school, we had a lecture on motivational interviewing. And this is a topic that was taught to me from this organization years ago that I had been using with patients uh, while I was a counselor. And so uh, some of the stuff that we learn in our primary care skills course comes back to the, patient-physician interaction and the, uh, the brief counseling that physicians are able to give to patients on a regular basis.
0: Dude, that's awesome. I mean, I'm really glad that you were able to tell us about that because I think uh, there's a lot of students who are um, who would be super interested in doing something like that as a sort of gap year job. So you're working full-time and doing the post back and volunteering.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was uh it was a crazy time. It was a uh a very busy two years, but uh I wouldn't trade them for anything. I think doing all of that and uh building my my schedule and prioritizing things like that helped me and set me up for medical school. So, uh I think the the rigor that we have in our medical school environment really uh is quite similar to the one that I had during my post-bac program.
0: Dude, that's, that's awesome. I mean, I, I really admire people who are like able to hustle like that and balance a whole bunch of things at once. So I think that's really impressive. Um, so I know you're a member of the Health profession Scholarship Program, right, through the US military?
1: Yes. Uh, the... Do you want
0: to tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, the HPSP program is offered uh, through the Army, Navy, and Air Force, and uh, they give me a stipend each month along with pay my tuition, and uh, after I graduate from medical school and do my residency, I will serve as a military doctor for four years.
0: I see. So, like, what's sort of the process, like, if someone is, like, interested in this in terms of, like, getting this scholarship and being a part of the program?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, um, I was actually contacted by a recruiter in Syracuse who originally uh, piqued my interest, but for anyone who's interested, they can just go online and search the nearest recruiting station, and they'll have an email there that they could reach out to and just say, hey, I'm interested in the HPSP program. What, could, what information can you give me? And they'll jumpstart you right then and there. Um, I had the opportunity to work with some veterans while I was doing counseling, um, an incredible uh, population, super awesome to work with. And, yeah, they geared me towards uh, this scholarship program for sure.
0: Okay. Awesome, man. Um, so if you do the HPSP, is, does that mean that you are doing like the military match for a residency?
1: So yes, most of the time you are going to go through the military match. There are some exceptions for certain specialties if the military uh-huh. doesn't have them. Um, but most people, I would say almost 90 to 95% of people go through the military match. Okay, for sure.
0: So um, it sounds like you, you kind of got exposure to the veteran population, and did, was that the first thing that sort of piqued your like interest in the military, or did you always have some interest in um, working in the military?
1: So I always had some interest. I have some uh, family members who have served in the Army as well, and it was always something that was, was on my mind. Um, but then being able to work with the population... And uh, see the, the real need for uh, physicians in the military is really what geared me towards doing it.
0: Okay, for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. And I actually considered this program as well. Um, in high school, I did um, Air Force Junior ROTC for all my time in high school, so that was like a pretty in- like influential part of my high school experience. so I kind of always had that interest. In, uh, like, you know, military medicine and stuff. But, I mean, I think it's super awesome that you're, like, able to be a part of the program because I've heard nothing but really good things about
1: it. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for it. Um, this summer, I'll go to my first training in Oklahoma at Fort Sill. And so that'll be a four-week program for the uh, medical students who are in the HPSP program.
0: Awesome, man. Um, and you mentioned that you wrapped up your first trimester is is that what it was so
1: this... y- yeah we we had our first term end at uh first week of November and then we started our second term which we're in right now
0: okay cool um and how's it been so far like being like I mean like what was the feeling of like getting into med school in the first place
1: uh an incredible feeling um one that I hope all pre-med students uh experience um I remember the day after Christmas, actually, I was driving back up to Syracuse for, I had work the next day, and when I got to my apartment was my acceptance letter from PCOM, and uh, that was just such an incredible feeling that I hope everyone gets to experience.
0: Uh, That's awesome, man. So you start med school, and what was the transition from the gap years to med school like?
1: Um, So PCOM actually had a two week program called Tissue that allowed uh, incoming students uh, come in for two weeks and get some lectures from some of the second year students along with go up into the anatomy lab and experience that. And so it was like an adjustment program that students could do before they started medical school, and it was incredibly beneficial. I got to meet a ton of great people that are my classmates now, and I also acclimated myself to the school a couple weeks before starting. Um, The transition, though, in general is not easy. Um, I feel like I had a little bit of an upper hand on that transition because of what I was doing during my gap years. Uh, but it's definitely more challenging for those that come right out of undergrad.
0: Yeah, I I guess, you know, it sounds like you kind of had a couple years of hardcore grinding and and hustling under your belt outside of, you know, undergrad by the time med school started. But um, yeah, I can imagine it's tough for people who go straight through. I have a lot of respect for people who go straight through because I also took two gap years. And I mean, being able to go straight through, like you really have to be on top of your stuff since day one and I think it's like super impressive.
1: Absolutely, yeah, I have so much respect for students that go straight through. Um, I feel like those two years that I took definitely helped me uh, mature and grow more and allowed me, uh, really set me up for success during medical school.
0: Yeah, and so now you're in med school and you've had like your first term under your belt How's, like, the non-academic stuff been? Like, you're living in Philadelphia now. Um, Where are you from originally?
1: So I grew up in Easton, Pennsylvania, which is about an hour and 15 minutes north of Philadelphia. So it was a little bit of a homecoming uh, when I moved from Syracuse to Philly.
0: Okay, nice. Um, Yeah, it's so nice being close to home. I'm, I'm about, like, half an hour away from home, and it's just, like, the convenience is like so awesome. Just like anytime I miss home, I can just make that drive.
1: Yeah, same. Even even being an hour away, sometimes I come home on weekends after maybe a long week just to relax and spend time with my family.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and I now want to talk about um, some like interests you have outside of like medicine and school and healthcare. I saw on your Instagram story that you've seen the Dave Matthews Band, like. 15 times?
1: <laughs> yes, I have. Um, I've gone camping with some friends from high school for, we've done it seven, seven summers in a row. Um, we would go camping and see Dave Matthews Band, and then I've also seen them play at a couple other uh, venues outside of our camping trips as well.
0: Yeah, what do you like so much about them?
1: Um, I like that every show is different so Uh they have so many different songs and a lot of times they'll uh play the songs differently depending on the show that you go to depending on what they (laughs) what they want to play um pretty much and i think it's one of the best uh genres of music to hear live um with the just jam bands and uh I think it's a lot better than rap music, although like, I like rap music, but I don't think hearing it live is the same effect as hearing a, an alternative band or a rock band.
0: Yeah, like when you're live in terms of like the alternative or rock jam band vibe, it's kind of like you don't know what you're getting yourself into that night, you know, in terms of like the musical experience.
1: Exactly. They could go a hundred different directions um, and that's really cool to see.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. And what are some of your other, like, interests outside of, you know, school and medicine and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm a big snowboarder, and I'm in the middle of scheduling a trip to Breckenridge with some friends. uh, And this will be the first time that I've gone snowboarding out west, so I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, dude, that's awesome. I mean, do do you find the time to do stuff like that while schools in session?
1: So it's definitely difficult, but I feel uh, if you schedule stuff in advance, uh, you can definitely uh, do things and have time. You really just have to look at your schedule and plan out when you're going to make time for these other things that you'd like to do. I think one of the best pieces of advice I heard from someone before medical school was that if Uh, they have at least three weeks in advance, they can make it happen. And that's pretty much how I've uh, dealt with stuff as well with seeing friends and family throughout medical school.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. It's kind of like you have that mindset of, you know, like if you give me enough time, I can make it happen. And that kind of gives you no excuse almost because I know I have this problem. Like I'm like super bad at like planning social stuff that require like a moderate level of planning. But it sounds like like you know if you give yourself that rule of like, if I have three weeks in advance, I can make it happen. You're kind of almost like putting yourself in that scenario where it's on you to like plan it. You can't use medical school as an excuse to like not do stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I, I've got a lot of close friendships and uh, I do my absolute best to uh keep the, keep those friendships and not let medical school get in the way of things like that but at the same time you know there have been things that i had to miss uh because of medical school just things that dropped on the wrong weekend um mm-hmm. maybe we had exams on that monday or tuesday or so and that's going to happen and that's just uh a part of the sacrifice really
0: yeah definitely um So what's like one piece of advice you have for people who are either pre-med or pre-health?
1: So I think my biggest piece of advice is to plan accordingly, Um, plan things out in advance. Um, Like I think most people are on a break right now. Right now is an incredible time to send the emails to someone you want to shadow or send the uh, applications to somewhere you want to volunteer because once we get back into the swing of the semester and those classes start hitting again then you some of that stuff falls off the plate and so I think planning accordingly is super helpful
0: awesome awesome man and um, I mean of course this is the, the mentorship podcast so I have to ask you you know if you had to give w- one p- piece of advice on how to be a good mentee what would you say
1: uh, I think it's just communication, um, really on part of the mentee and the, the mentor. I think communication is always going to be key. Um, being able to, uh, ask questions, being the mentee and, uh, the mentor being able to answer those questions, uh, effectively, uh, through communication, I think is incredibly important. Awesome, man.
0: Um, So if people wanted to reach out to you and maybe ask you a question, what would be the best route to get to you? I mean, I know that you're on Instagram. Do you want to shout out your handle?
1: Yeah, so I'm on Instagram. My uh, handle is becoming underscore doctor period Justin, and uh, I'm open to answering any questions at all. Uh, Just send me a message and I'll get back to you. Awesome,
0: man. You you know, I'm really glad that there's people like you on these like social media platforms who are like really keeping it real. You you know, I think we've been interacting on social media for a few months now, and you're just like one of those dudes who just like always, you know, keeping it real. And I I really appreciate it. And I think a lot of the students like when they see content like that, they really appreciate it as well. So thank you for taking the time to both be on the podcast. I, I know it's the holidays, and I know family time is super super valuable. So I really appreciate that. But this thank you for like being one of those people who's like putting out just like really honest and good content. Seriously.
1: Of course. Yeah. Uh going into uh making my Instagram account, I never wanted to sugarcoat anything, just kind of wanted to show um my lifestyle and how I balance things as a medical student.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. I mean, I think you're doing a wonderful job, bro. Seriously
1: thank you and thank you again for uh, inviting me on here oh dude of course man
0: all right um uh, so you guys that are listening go ahead and give justin a follow his handle is again b- becoming underscore dr dot justin is that right
1: correct yeah
0: awesome so you guys go ahead and uh, give him a follow super good content um justin thank you so much again for your time i really appreciate it and i think we talked about a lot of good stuff, especially that that conversation about confidence. I think it's going to help a lot of people out. So thank you so much.
1: Of course, Dylan. Uh, any way I could help some pre-med students or anyone that wants to listen.
0: Thank you guys so, so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. If it brought you some value, uh, I would really appreciate it if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to contact me on Instagram or Twitter, the username is at MedSchoolDylan. And on Facebook and LinkedIn, you can just search my first and last name, Dylan Tajam, and hit me up on there. And lastly, my email address is dylantajam at gmail.com. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to hit me up, and I'll see you next week.